Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Stephen Jarvis. Stephen, are you ready to do this? I am so ready. Let's go. Let's go. Stephen is the co-founder and CEO and head CPA with Retirement Tax Services. He's working to bridge the gap between tax professionals, financial advisors, and their clients in order to reduce the biggest liability that we have in retirement, which are or is taxes. Stephen, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah. So I do what I do because nobody wants to pay more taxes than they have to. And I've found that uh, there's a lot of value I can deliver to people, both financial advisors, taxpayers directly in talking about uh, this big, scary thing that is taxes for a lot of people. The kind of the overlap of my, my personal and professional life is that, uh, let's see, uh, on a good day, I'll go with, I'm the most interesting CPA you'll ever meet. And maybe on a less good day, it's I'm the least boring CPA you'll ever meet. It's a little bit more realistic. I, I know that taxes are not the most exciting thing for people to hear about, but uh, I, I, I try to keep things fun. I try to keep things interesting, try to keep it realistic uh, in my personal life. You, I, I, you know, our, our listeners can't see, but uh, George, you can see behind me, I've got my wall of medals. I do a lot of things to stay active. I do Spartan races. I do triathlons, do a lot of adventures with my family, my wife and two kids. So uh, there's definitely more more than a few things going on in my life. I love it. So whenever we don't understand something, we tend to avoid it. Have you found that to be true with taxes? Yeah, when we don't understand things, when they make us nervous or uncomfortable, and especially since taxes uh, feel deadline driven, and there's obviously a tax deadline every year, it's easy for people to say, I'm going to worry about that next year in March and April. Uh, and really, the number one advantage we have over the IRS is when we can take it more than one year at a time. If you only think about taxes each year in March or April, you lose. That's just how the game works. If we can think about more than one year at a time and proactively make choices, uh, then we can start not overpaying the IRS. What a, what a simple but brilliant way to think about that. Because I bet what? 90% of Americans, the only time they think about taxes is, you know, a, a month before April 15th. Yeah. Oh, a absolutely. As we work, at, honestly, both as I work with financial advisors and taxpayers, some of what I do is just reshaping that conversation of we, we absolutely should talk about taxes at other times of the year. And for, for business owners, th this happens a little bit more intuitively just because of like quarterly, quarterly estimated payments. But I, I want to go beyond compliance. We, compliance is important. We want to pay the IRS every dollar we owe. Just we don't want to leave a tip. And so as we proactively have a conversation outside of that tax time of year that we're, we're used to thinking about, we can start recognizing where we have opportunities to, to use the, the tax rules that are there and say, Here, here's how I'm going to set myself up to, to sand off those rough edges of my tax bill. Is the tax code complex on purpose? Is there gray area on purpose? <laughs> uh, there's so there, there, there's almost nothing in the tax code that is based on logic or reason. Is it complicated on purpose? Uh, you, you could say that. I mean, every rule in the tax code has some agenda or lobby behind it, right? I mean, just take, take the face of the 1040, the individual tax filing form. Right at the top, there is a deduction for being a certain age and there's a deduction for being blind. Why they picked blind and not deaf or blind and not paraplegic or why they picked 65 and not 85. I mean, all of those things, they come back to the tax code is actually written by Congress or at least the ideas behind it come from Congress. Uh, and then the IRS has the unfortunate job of trying to figure out what they meant. 
Uh, and that, that's a lot, honestly, a lot of where the opportunities come from is unintended consequences and how the tax law was written. Uh, I am a big believer in that everything I encourage a client to do or that I do myself, I want to have the documentation and the reasoning behind it be so solid that if the IRS did ever come and ask me questions, I would feel great about it. This isn't about doing things we hope the IRS doesn't notice. Um, but And especially as the IRS is getting ready to hire 87,000 agents, it's probably a little bit more likely that uh, our chances of getting asked questions might go up. So I, I do everything from that standpoint of if I have a conversation, I'm going to feel confident about my answers, but there are lots of opportunities to make choices. So I think you just told me that to position myself for financial success from a tax planning perspective, I should be 65 years old and blind. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that that would be one way to lower your tax bill. Uh, that I would probably not elect that. Okay. All right. Good enough. <laughs> not tax or financial advice from Stephen there. So our biggest liability in retirement is taxes or our taxes. Is it is taxes or is it our taxes, Stephen? It's an English lesson the, for everybody, for me. The biggest liability is taxes. Liability is the word we're trying to... I think that's how the grammar works. Uh, I didn't do well in high school English, so um, I'm not, that's why I'm the numbers guy. So tell me more about that. Tell me how. What, what, why is that the biggest liability? Uh, well, uh, because tax rates are really high. Uh, for, that's just the reality for a lot of people. I mean, medical and taxes tend to be at the top of the list. And what and one of the reasons I point such a big spotlight on that is because it doesn't come as a, as a surprise to anyone that, that medical is going to be expensive. It probably already is. It certainly will be later in life. Taxes comes as a little bit more of a surprise for a lot of people. Over the course of a normal retirement, your tax bill will be six or seven figures. We're not talking about small dollar amounts. And for a lot of people, uh, they, their, their focus on taxes each year is, did I get a refund or did I owe in April? Uh, I, I do this quite often and uh, I'll, I'll ask people, okay, how much how much did you pay in taxes last year? And they'll tell me, oh, well, this is how much I got to refund. I said, no, 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 no. How much of your hard-earned money did the IRS keep? And so that's, that's a line item I always point out on the tax return. And it, it's kind of mind-blowing for people sometimes that they've been for years paying tens of thousands of dollars in taxes and had no real kind of recognition of that because it gets withheld from a paycheck and they don't really see it. Or sure, they're making quarterly estimated payments, but to your point earlier, it's it's painful and scary, and so we forget about it. And so the idea that in retirement, the IRS might ask us to pay hundreds of thousands or a million dollars in taxes over the course of our retirement comes as a big shock. Yeah, that's 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 pretty sobering right there. Just to mm -hmm. think about that, like you could potentially be at risk of giving the government six to seven figures of the money that you have worked really hard to save and accumulate and invest. Yeah, let's just do some some real simple math here. Let's say you have a million dollars in a 401k. That tends to be the most common place people have money stocked away. Uh, and a million dollars is arbitrarily this number we always use to somehow indicate some level of success. So uh, it also helps me do easy math. So let's say it's a million dollars. Uh, so 401k is, uh, is pre-tax savings. So that means when we take money out of our 401k, the IRS gets to collect their portion of it. Uh, and so if I have a million dollars in my account, if I withdraw it all, I don't get a million dollars. I probably get uh, somewhere between seven and $800,000 of that, depending on where I live and what state taxes I have to pay. So great, right off the top, if I withdrew it all at once, the, someone is, the taxes are $200,000 to $300,000. So we're already at six figures. Now, more realistically, we're gonna take that money out gradually over our retirement, 
So that balance is going to continue to grow and we're going to have a much larger cash flow, potentially up to two or three million dollars. And so now on two or three million dollars of income, we've paid six or seven hundred thousand dollars in taxes. Um, and so you, you can see how this quickly gets to really creeping up on that seven figures of taxes. And so that's where that, that, that moment of really unfortunate realization comes for people is, oh, wow, I'm putting a lot of this to taxes. Yeah. Is it knowable? Do you have a sense of, of how many people understand that when you're making a pre-tax contribution to your 401k versus a Roth style contribution, that everything's going to be taxed when you take it out? Is it knowable? I'm sure someone's done the research. Uh, my my interactions with taxpayers and advisors, I interact with hundreds, if not thousands. Um, pe- people understand that they are deferring their taxes, but they aren't thinking about what that means. Because I'll have conversations with people where we talk about, you know, what what's you what what are your emergency funds or or what happens if what happens if you want to take a large distribution for something fun like an RV or something not fun like a new roof. Um, and they say, oh, well, I have a million dollars in my 401k. So that means I have a million dollars I could spend on this. And I say, no, 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 that's not how that works. Your 401k basically has a mortgage associated with it. That's got a variable rate interest. And oh, by the way, the IRS gets to pick what that interest rate is at any time they want, because you, you might have put into your 401k when your tax rate was 22 or 24%. The IRS makes no promises on what that tax rate will be when you pull it out. Talk about a moving target, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked right at the top, the problem of viewing tax planning in this just one-year increment sort of every year, every year, every year versus taking that more uh, longer time horizon from uh, a longer time horizon planning. Taxes are, is, words are hard today. <laughs> How do we start as as just regular people, as business owners, as users of of the tax code, as citizens here, to change our thinking away from just that one year at a time to a more long term? Yeah, not not to be overly simplistic about this, but I mean, we need to set aside time outside of March and April to think about this, right? And I'll talk a little bit more about what that might mean, but that, that's gotta be the starting point. March and April can't be the only time we're thinking about taxes, whether individual or business owner. From there, we, there's gotta be someone on our team who is proactively thinking about taxes. Now for DIYers, that could be you, that's fine. That could be a financial advisor, it could be a tax preparer. There's gotta be someone who's proactively thinking about this. So we've gotta dedicate time outside of tax season and we need to start learning about the tax opportunities relevant to us. The tax code is over something like 80,000 pages long. You don't need to learn it all. You need to learn those things that are most relevant to you and start recognizing when you can make decisions, whether that's the types of retirement accounts you use or intentionally accelerating income or how you uh, categorize expenses or give to charity or these other things that we associate with taxes, but we don't really have a strategy for. Got it. I appreciate that. That's that's language I really like to use also. And talk about how nobody's ever going to be more interested in your financial success than you are. It doesn't mean you have to do all of it. You can, but for the parts you don't want, there's got to be somebody on the team whose job it is to make sure that they're paying attention to this. How often is that financial advisor? And are there and and do you think it's their responsibility? Is that their role? Can it be? Yeah. So a couple of things in this. Um I think in general, both in the financial planning industry and the tax preparation industry, having people focus on tax planning is the exception. 
And, and this causes problems because a lot of people who work with a tax professional, a tax preparer will think, oh, I've got, I've got a CPA, I've got an EA, I'm covered. And you, you're covered for your filing, but not that forward looking. The tax professionals tend to be very focused on the rear view mirror, not the windshield. Um, and so, so we've got a problem on that side. On the financial planning side, uh, I, I'm starting to see more advisors who will claim tax planning as something they do. But for most of them, it's very superficial. It's, well, I'll tell you if you should contribute pre or post tax, which great, that is a step. Um, but more to, to your question of, of should they be responsible? I absolutely think they should. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor personally. I grew up around the industry and th that is now my full-time focus. I work exclusively with advisors and their clients. And when I first started having that focus, I would make comments to the effect of, you know, great financial advisors are incorporating tax planning. Honestly, I've changed my tune to uh, it is irresponsible for advisors not to consider taxes because any financial decision you make has a tax impact. And so financial advisors absolutely can deliver a lot of value to their clients if they're considering taxes without getting into tax preparation. Uh, the, the advisor does not need to know how to prepare the 1040 or the 1120S or the 1065 or any other made up number of a form. Uh, I could probably say any number I wanted and people would believe it's a real form. But getting clear on what are those decisions I'm recommending that have a tax impact and how do I help my client understand what they should do? Do you ever just say numbers and sort of look around to see if anybody perks their... <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I probably I probably should at some of the conferences I go to. I, I'm going to a few conferences this fall. George, just for you, I'll see what, you gotta, what, made, up, gotta... what made up form I can pull past people. I'll do that just for you. People just keep nodding like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. The the 35960R. Yep, the 65QR. Yep, that's the one we're gonna get. That's a super important one. <laughs> All right. So for people who are listening that 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 are just just um not there's they're they're taxpayers and not a financial professional, but that what you just said makes sense to them. It's like, well, I'd like to be working with a financial professional who is paying close attention to this because what Steven has been talking about, I'd rather be proactive about this than reactive. How, how, how do they bring it up to their financial professional? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So it's, it's something I, I spend a lot of time working with financial advisors and then um, clearly as a result of that, I spend a lot of time working with taxpayers as well. So a lot of the taxpayers I'm working with, um, you know, they, they already are connected to an advisor who's thinking about this. Uh, and what we're realizing is that it's very challenging to get a, for a, a client, for a taxpayer to say, hey, uh, Mrs. Advisor, I, I would love for you to just all of a sudden start doing your service model different to incorporate taxes. I would absolutely encourage you to ask those questions when, when they're making investment recommendations, when they're making estate planning recommendations, everything has tax impacts ask that question. So what is our strategy here for dealing with taxes? And if they're unwilling or unable to help you with that, it might be time to find a new advisor. If you're in the process of looking for a new advisor, definitely should be one of the questions that you should ask. And I wouldn't just say, hey, do you do, you do tax planning? Because they'll say, of course we do tax planning. I would ask questions like, uh, what time of year will you be requesting a copy of my tax return? Because a lot of advisors will say, oh, we don't typically get tax returns. If your advisor's not looking at your tax return, you need a different advisor. Because if they don't have your tax return, how do they actually know what tax impacts their recommendations are going to have? But back to that, my comment about it's irresponsible not to do taxes. If you have an advisor who's recommending a withdrawal strategy or a contribution strategy or tax loss harvesting or any of these other um, tax planning strategies and they haven't looked at your tax return, that is wildly irresponsible. Nice. Excellent red flags right there. 
it's funny. It made me think about uh, many, many years ago where I was in the recruitment and development world for, uh, and, and I would ask people uh, if they were interviewing somewhere else, said, well, tell me about the training program or ask them about their training program. They said, oh yeah, of course we have a training program. They said, well, if they say that you have to ask them to show you their training materials. So yeah, I do tax planning. Okay, great. When are you going to request my tax return from me? Oh, well, we don't actually do that. Ah, I see. Yep. And, and to flip that on the other side, if there's advisors listening, one of my favorite things for advisors to ask a prospect uh, who's considering multiple advisors is, oh, well, what did Mr. Advisor say when they looked at your tax return? Oh, what do you mean? They've never looked at my tax return. Because then we're highlighting very specific ways that we're setting ourselves apart without just saying, oh, no, they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really key thing right there. And very powerful, particularly when we're talking about hundreds of thousands or even a million dollars for an average American. And it's mm-hmm. not, I think that that's very, very realistic and very tangible. So beautiful. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Um, how can people engage as taxpayer? And then how can financial advisors uh, connect with you? Yeah. So everyone's welcome to follow me on LinkedIn. I put out a lot of content. Uh, it is tax related. I do try to make it a little bit fun, but it's it's impactful. It's going to, it's, there are things that you are impacted by. For taxpayers, I, I, I have a podcast and what I've learned about podcast listeners is they listen to multiple podcasts. So don't, don't replace lifeblood with mine, just add it. So for taxpayers, the retirement tax podcast is my taxpayer focused conversations. And then for financial advisors, it's the retirement tax services podcast. So we, we just, we're just nailing the names right on the head there, telling you exactly what we do. But uh, find me on LinkedIn, find one of the podcasts. If you, look, if you search for Stephen Jarvis CPA, I am the top result. So, yep, always, always excited to have more people I can share this, this message with. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Stephen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow Stephen on LinkedIn. I can, I can absolutely attest to the value and frequency of the content that he puts out. Um, and it is both informational and entertaining, which is not an easy line to toe, particularly when it comes to tax. And then for us taxpayers out there, check out the Retirement Tax Podcast. And for financial advisors out there who are trying to up their game and the value they're bringing to their clients, check out the Retirement Tax Services Podcast. Thanks again, Stephen. Yeah, it was great being here, George. And until next time, remember... Do your part by doing your best.